Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth and <laughs> God this is bad, this is such a bad film. Today we're going to be talking about Venom 2. Venom, let there be carnage. So I'm just back from seeing it at the cinema and um, it's probably without doubt one of the worst films I've ever watched in my entire life. It is just appalling. It is so so bad. From start to finish, right from the very start, I knew. And here's the thing, I was hoping... I know you should never hope for good things to happen, because they never do. And especially when it comes to Venom, especially when it comes to this character. He's just been butchered in every single iteration of the character, from Spider-Man 3 to the first Venom. And now this, this is as low as it gets. This is genuinely horrifically bad. It's not even a so bad it's kind of good. Like, there are a few chuckly moments because of how absolutely bonkersly bad it is but for the most part it's just trash it is a steaming pile of shit. it is so so bad right from the start you know it's not going to be good because it does this weird thing i don't know what is going on i don't know if i'm just hearing things or seeing something different to everyone else but there's a bit at the start when it's a younger cletus cassidy and whoever he's with shriek i can't remember her real name her Francis Baroness? I don't know. Either way, it's a young version of those two characters, the two villains of the film. And it sounds as though it's still Woody Harrelson speaking, but it looks as though it's a completely different actor. So I'm thinking, is he lip-syncing, but Woody Harrelson is doing the voiceover? It just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, he's looking much younger, but he's still sounding like Woody Harrelson. So why not just either de-age him or just don't show him at all. Just have him in the shadows. If you play around with camera work and you never actually see the character at the start, that would be much better than what we actually get, which is just a fumbling mess of bad ADR onto a really shoddy directing work from Andy Serkis. Like, Jesus. I don't mind the directing for some of it. Some of it actually looks quite fine. But at the start, it's just going all over the place. It's like they've stuck a camera on a roller coaster and it's just constantly moving in the worst ways possible, never focusing on anything. It's just going all over the place, like it's exploding and just imploding at the same time. I don't know what the hell is going on with the camera. It's a mess. Okay, it's such a mess. And the score of this bit as well is just so weak. Like, it's trying to set up this quite serious and sweet love story between them, but then they tragically are torn apart and, you know, like Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. But it's just weak. It's such a weak story. It's a weak score. Nothing feels effective. Nothing feels emotional. This is a flashback to 1996, I think it is. And then in the most mundane way possible, it just jumps forward to the present day. Just like, that was a good intro? Like, what? It's not. It's really not. And then it comes up to the title card, like, five minutes later. And it's also bad. Like, it's such a bad placement that doesn't need to be there. Like, it cuts from Shriek, who I kind of like what they do with the sound. But at the same time, it felt a bit too, a bit too relatable to me because I had issues um, hearing a while back. So... What they do is they put like earplugs in and then it muffles the sound of the audio so you don't actually hear anything. You're just hearing essentially what they're going through. And I love it when films do this, like to an extent, like A Quiet Place does it well. Godzilla vs. Kong did it really well as well. But this just kind of really deafens you. 
and then it just brings the noise at times and it's like really forceful and there are certain points where it nearly deafened me because of how loud her screaming is like not even when she's using her shriek powers just when she's screaming with joy and whatnot and she's going like woo but like really high pitched and it's like deafening me in the cinema it's ridiculous it's so uncomfortable and painful this film is a massive painful bore fest like genuinely i've never been so bored in my entire life watching a character that should be fun actors that should be very fun like we know how good they can be you've got decent additions from the first movie into this one so you've got stephen graham's in it woody harrelson's in it properly naomi harris is in it they are all appalling <laughs> they are so bad like if it's not one thing it's another so you've got terrible terrible wigs across the board actually i was gonna say just for stephen graham and woody harrelson but yeah even naomi harris has a really bad hairdo it's shocking she looks like such a such a meme of a character like it just doesn't look real it does not look serious at all she's got like a, a bluey blind eye and dreadlocks it's like something out of scary movie or something you'd imagine like snoop dogg to look like it's ridiculous like if snoop dogg was just cast in this film it would be 10 times better i can guarantee it having played a female part i do not care but it just would make sense based on how naomi harris's character looks in this goddamn film it's appalling woody harrelson has a really bad comb over it's just shocking i'm glad he hasn't got the red curly wig from the first film's post-credit sequence but it's still a really bad hairdo like why even give him hair in the first place he doesn't need to have hair woody harrelson you know he's one of the few actors that looks fantastic bald and so why the hell give cletus cassidy hair it's just shocking it's genuinely uncomfortable and Stephen Graham, I swear to God, there must have been some reshoots because it's almost as if he adjusts his wig mid-scene and then it just looks terrible. From one scene to the next, like a matter of minutes have passed, but he's got a completely different look to his hair. It's just, it's so noticeable. It's honestly painful to me. I hate seeing this. It's the same with the first film, with the reshoots, when Tom Hardy goes from skinny to fat to skinny again. I'm pretty sure this happens again a couple of times in this film, but most of all, with the hair. <laughs> it's just so out of order, and the continuity is appalling. It is shocking. God, what else happens in this film? I can't remember. I cannot remember the start of this film at all. It's only 90 minutes, but the first... Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> it's 90 minutes. So I was expecting, and what they've advertised it as, is a breakneck paste just a high octane well thought out film you know just straight to it in and out in a flash that's not the case at all it's only really well it is actually it's extremely fast paced in all the worst ways possible it's literally like riding a roller coaster whilst you are on every single drug imaginable it's just the most insane trippy experience i think i've ever had like everything just goes off at once i don't understand why they've chosen to do it like this I'm not a huge fan when films decide to just bloat it out for the sake of a longer runtime, but this is one of the films that would have benefited tremendously from having a longer runtime. Like, genuinely, the first film, it's only an hour and 32 minutes, says it's an hour and 52. This is the kind of film that should be an hour and 52. Like, swap them round, I think it would be better, because you'd actually be more invested in the characters, you'd feel a lot more comfortable and... Like, just at ease. Because there are times when it felt like I was having a heart attack. It's just so fast-paced. It's just drilling into you. Every single thing that's trying to happen. 
characters just go from one place to the other, like, in a matter of seconds, but you're wondering how the hell they've managed to get there so fast. And it's never explained, it is never explained why a single character just goes from one place to another, doing whatever, it's never explained what they're doing, it's never explained where they're going, what they're doing, or why they're doing it. They just go places, shit happens, and then you're out of it. That's it, the film's over. Like, there's a fight, there's a couple of fights, that's about it. I don't think there's as much action as in the first film. There's a lot more romantic elements in this film. There's a heartbreak theme. There's like a gay relationship for Venom and Tom Hardy. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I've watched. It's making me feel like I'm having a breakdown. It's just, God, what the hell is going on? What the hell is happening? It's not good. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. God. So there's so many moments when... Tom Hardy's talking to Venom, and he's inside of him at the time. But the dynamic is just off. Like, the dynamic does not work, and you've got Tom Hardy playing both characters. He's playing Eddie Brock, and he's playing the voice of Venom. And this voice of Venom is just shocking. Like, it's so bad. It changes every single scene. Like, it's never exactly the same at any one time. And you struggle to hear what they're saying half the time. You struggle to give a sh as to why they are saying what they're saying. It's not enjoyable, it's not entertaining, it's not fun, it's just nothing. This film is a nothing film. Genuinely, nothing interesting happens, nothing worth noting happens, nothing fun happens. It's nothing, this film is nothing, this film is lower than nothing, it's just single-handedly. The worst comic book film I've probably ever seen, and I've seen bad stuff like Daredevil, like Fanforstic, like genuinely, I would much rather watch the Fantastic Four reboot again than watch this again, like ever again. I don't think I ever want to watch this ever again. It's just appalling. I think I want to go see it one more time just to just to make sure that I'm not just having a weird panic attack fever dream and what I'm actually witnessing is a real film because so much of what happens in this film, you are struggling to understand, well, I certainly am. How the hell did this get made? How the hell did actually talented people behind the scenes on screen. How did this film get made? How did it go so badly wrong? I do not understand. Venom is an easy character. Okay, Venom is a good character and he's easy to get right. He's just had so many bad adaptations and I don't know why. I, I don't know. We've seen him against Spider-Man. For some reason that didn't work. Like that's probably the best time we've seen him. Like genuinely, Spider-Man 3, Topher Grace as Venom. That's not a good casting, but to me, that's the best time we've seen Venom. Like this this film is not good. The first film, I initially hated it, but, you know, since, if you've listened to my review for that film, I got drunk and I watched it, and I thought it was the best thing ever. Maybe I need to do the same with this film, but I'm willing to bet that would not even change it. I would need to be incredibly drunk to the point where I don't know anything. I don't know my own name. I don't know where I am. I mean, I was almost at that stage the other night, but still, I will need to be in a hospital after watching this film, just high on every single pain medication possible to find enjoyment in this film because it's not it's not fun it's not enjoyable it's just excruciating it's excruciating my jaw was dropped from start to finish based on my sheer what the f nature is going on i honestly don't know what happened in this film i don't know what the hell has gone on let's talk about some of the key moments that i wrote down after watching it one line in particular that just got me it's just ridiculous so Venom's weaknesses and Carnage, I haven't even talked about Carnage. Alright, so Venom's weaknesses, any of these symbiotes' weaknesses are fire and uh, sound, so a loud, high-pitched sound, 
So there's one point when Dan, good old Dr. Dan's back for some reason, I don't even know why. He shits in the first film, he shits in this film as well. No need for him to be in this, no need for him to be there whatsoever. He's just Deadwood, he's literally Deadwood. Honestly, just cut him out, just cut him out. And he's in this bit when he's pouring fire onto Carnage. And he says this line and he goes, Yeah, fire and sound, just without the sound. Are you serious? Like, who approved this script? Who greenlit this script? Why would you say that? Just say fire. <laughs> Just say, yeah, I'm burning you or whatever. Just, I know it's still bad, but don't say fire and sound just without the sound. Because then you've just got fire. Just f say fire, please. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't with this f film. I cannot with this film. Oh, and then there's a bit when Michelle Williams is in this police um, interview room with Tom Hardy. And they are whispering to each other, but they're also covering their mouth. And <laughs> it cuts to Stephen Graham listening in. And Stephen Graham... <laughs> Stephen Graham in this film is deaf in one ear. <laughs> but he can still hear them. <laughs> and they're whispering... <laughs> They're trying to be discreet about Venom because, you know, nobody knows that Eddie Brock is Venom for some reason, even though everybody clear as day can see that he's changing into him whenever he's outside. So somehow nobody still knows that he's Venom. So they're whispering to each other and they're covering their mouth as if there's AV in the room. And so when it cuts back to Stephen Graham, who can hear them, it's just hilarious because they're trying so hard to be quiet and they're failing tremendously. It's embarrassing. This film is embarrassing. I'm honestly embarrassed for every single person involved in this, especially Tom Hardy, because he deserves so much better. But, you know, after this film, I don't know if he does, to be honest. It's just, this is just bottom of the barrel type shit, honestly. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I really can't. I need a break. I need a break. But anyway, they're in this police room, and there's a part when... <laughs> Michelle Williams just says Venom in this, like, really throaty, raspy voice. She's like, there's Venom with you. <laughs> she says it so badly. There's Venom with you. Like, come on, just <laughs> act better. Everybody needs to learn how to act in this film. Even talented actors, every single person in this film is a talented actor. You've got some Oscar-nominated, Oscar-winning? Has Tom Hardy won an Oscar? Did he win for The Revenant? I can't remember. Either way, you've got some Oscar-nominated actors in this film, or BAFTA-nominated actors, very well-known, established actors, just uh, shit in this film. <laughs> just a big, old, steaming pile of trash. Oh, it, on fire. Trash on fire, that's what it is, Jesus Christ. Just without the sound. Oh, you idiot. Shut up, man. Shut up, damn. Uh, what's the other bits? Uh, out of the Eddie closet. Yeah, let's talk about this whole um, relationship between Eddie and Venom. Is Venom gay? Like, is Venom gay in this film? I do not know. I just know for a fact that he goes to a club and he's wearing all these uh, glow sticks, glow sticks around him. I wish I was kidding. Honest to God. Okay, so he's in this apartment with Eddie. They're having a fight. They're breaking up. Eddie's about to kill one of his chickens, which his chickens are called Sonny and Cher, of course. And then Venom throws his TV out the window. They break up. Venom leaves. Venom then goes clubbing. And he says, I'm out of the Eddie closet. He gets into party animal mode. And he just goes raving. What the hell is going on? Like, this is a Venom film. What the f*** 
am I watching? What is going on? Why is he going to a club? Why is he saying he's out of the Eddie closet? Like, I don't care if it's a joke or not, but like, what is honestly going on? What is the relationship between Eddie and Venom? Like, are they actually in love with each other? I don't know. I really don't know. And then just when you think these relationships couldn't get any more weirder, the whole relationship between Carnage and Venom, apparently Venom is Carnage's daddy, because he keeps saying, Father, and like, I'm going to kill you, Father, you have to die. Like, what? <laughs> I know that Carnage spawned from Venom, but are you literally calling him Father? Like, what? Why? <laughs> the thing is, they're in a church at this point, they're in a cathedral getting married, because there's a goddamn red wedding in this film. Like, what the f*** is going on? God. There's a wedding, there's a rave scene, there's a breakup scene, there's a scene when Tom Hardy drops these chickens off at a statue of Don Quixote and tells them about it. There's a scene when they're on the beach and Venom's running his toes through the sand. What the hell? My brain is honestly hurting. <laughs> my brain is so sore from this film, it's not fun. Don't watch it. This is my advice to anybody out there listening. Do not watch this film ever. Do not go and watch it at the cinema. This is what I can't understand. This film, when it came out two weeks ago in America, opening weekend, it earned $90 million. Who the f*** is watching this film? Like, who is going to see it? Why are you going to see it? Fans of the first film, if there are any, which, you know, for some reason there are still fans of the first film, but I can understand that after watching this film. I can understand why people enjoyed the first film, but... This is a monstrosity. This is not good. People have been saying that it takes all the best things from the first film, just triples it and times it by 10 and then times it again and just explodes it all. I don't understand because I can understand some of the fun bits of the first film, but they are just completely all over in this film. So what the hell? Like, genuinely, who is enjoying this film? Why have $90 million worth of people gone to see this film? That's more than Bond made its opening weekend over in America. What in the actual hell? I, I can't. I honestly can't. Like, the irony is, I've got egg all over my goddamn face. Because when the very first film came out and I didn't enjoy it, I always said, I've been saying it for three years, three goddamn years, the sequel will be better. The sequel will be much better. Because you spend so much of the first movie, you spend literally an hour until you finally see Venom. And then about 29 minutes later, the film's over. So I was always thinking, and under the impression, that a sequel will get right into it. You'll see Venom right from the start. He'll be kicking ass, killing people, doing all this cool stuff right from the very start. Dead wrong. I could not be more wrong. Yes, you do see him quite early on. You don't see him properly until probably about 15 minutes in. And then it's just for a little scene, and then he's out again. And the thing that annoys me most is, with a PG-13 rated Venom, it's a 15 in the UK, I don't even know why, I honestly don't know how this film is rated 15, there's one F-bomb, there's barely any bad violence at all, apparently there's horror elements, but there's one scene in particular that I thought was cool in how it dealt with the horror themes, but everything else is tame, it's a very, very tame film, it's not a 15 at all, and so the problem is, when you've got a Venom film like this, like the first one as well, Every single time he goes to do what Venom does, which is eat brains, bite people's heads off, it just cuts, or he gets shot and something distracts him, and he doesn't go through with it every single f time. 
happens so many times in this film as well. Even with Carnage, Carnage is about to bite somebody's head off, and then these guards shoot him, and he drops the body, and he goes and attacks them instead. Like you're just giving us these fake outs every single time. You're not giving the fans what they want. People are watching this. $90 million has gone into this film in the opening weekend alone. It's made like 140 already for some reason. For some strange goddamn reason. I do not know. I'm living in some Matrix simulation here. Why are people enjoying this film? Why are people watching this film? But you're saying that you're delivering fans what they want to see. And this is the Venom for the fans. And Tom Hardy is a fan. And he's a massive behind-the-scenes producer on this. And he's really putting so much effort into this. Blah, blah, blah. This is not for the fans. You're not doing what Venom does. You're not doing what any of these symbiotes do. Christ alive. They're just wasted. They're so wasted in a PG-13 film. Just make it harder. Make it an 18 for like it. Just have him eat brains, kill people, do what the f*** Venom does. Don't do what this does. This is an imposter. This is not Venom. I'm sorry, but this is not Venom. This is just fake. Complete fake. Especially when he spends half the movie, like genuinely half the movie it feels like, not even in Eddie Brock, not even connected to him. He's just going off, living his life, raving, eating chocolate and chicken brains, even though he doesn't even like eating chicken brains. But I don't, I don't get it. I do not get this film. When you've got a sequel, and especially when you've got a 90-minute fast-paced sequel, you've got to get right into it. You've just got to give the fans what they want, what they came to see. More of what they saw in the last film, which was Eddie and Venom teaming up, and defeating bad guys, or good guys, hopefully, because technically speaking, Venom is not a hero. Why are they making Venom a hero? He's not a good guy. He's a bad guy. He eats people. He kills people. How is that a good guy material? Christ. So, more of the first film, please. More of the first film of what kind of worked. I mean, they do cut out a lot of the really dodgy, like, science-y exposition shit in the first film, so I'm glad about that, but they just put more absolute rubbish into this film like the whole Cletus Cassidy situation and what the hell he's going through I don't care for I thought I would but I just don't and I don't know if it's just Woody Harrelson not fitting the character well but I think it's the writing too the writing of this film is appalling genuinely the writer should be ashamed like, I'm not being funny but it's honestly amateurish it's extremely weak it's dull it's it's a very slow film despite being extremely fast and balls to the wall action at times like not even action just like things happening genuinely just the most random things that can be happening like a body's being dug up then Cletus Cassidy is getting sentenced to death and then his shriek wife-to-be is screaming like all of this happens in a matter of seconds just cutting from one to the other everything going off at once like a blender of really bad stuff happening but at the same time the dialogue just brings it down because it's all clunky and jarring and just extremely slow and boring and I don't know why I really don't get it you've had a 90 minute movie this should be fun this should be fast it is fast but it's also the slowest thing and the most boring thing I think I've ever watched like it doesn't feel long thank god like there are some bits that do drag but at the same time there's no connection to anything because of the short runtime, it does just skip over every single thing that could possibly be developed and explored. So that's not good. That's really not good. Because how are you going to feel connection to anything? How are you going to feel motivation to keep invested in what's going on? You don't. When you've got a 90-minute film, it's entirely possible. Entirely possible. Go and watch The Guilty on Netflix right now with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's less than 90 minutes. It's shorter than this film. It feels so much better. 
It's a very, very well-paced film, and you totally feel invested completely from start to finish. But with Venom 2, like even the first... No, I wouldn't even say the first Venom. Don't watch that either. But Venom 2, it's just so ridiculous and so off-the-chain, complete nonsensical stuff that happens. But you don't, you don't care. I don't care. I was sat there, just bored out of my mind, just yawning, just honestly jaw-dropped again because of what the hell was happening. And it doesn't look nice. That's the thing. Let's go on to the directing... Andy Serkis, I like him. I like him as an actor. I like him as a person. I think he's really good and very, very talented. He's one of the most talented people working in Hollywood right now. But as a director, I hate to break it to you, he's not good. He's not that good at all. Like, this just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit right at all. Like, some of the shots look fine. Some of the shots, some of the moments, they're fine. But the editing and the directing... The cinematography is just all over the place. Like, it's dull, it's dark at times, you can't see anything going on. And then it's just stupidly light, and the characters are just out of frame so much. And honestly, I don't like it. I do not like what I'm looking at. I genuinely don't like what I'm looking at, what I'm hearing, what I'm witnessing, just any of this, what I'm feeling. All I was feeling was empty. I was just feeling dead inside and empty because I could not cope with the level of absolute bullshitness that happens in this film like, oh god and there are so many bits that feel like i'm just watching a different film like there are so many scenes that are exactly the same as in the first film like this is just a carbon copy at times the whole structure is essentially the same it just spends the whole movie just developing the characters separately and then they come together at the end they fight the bad guy they win and that's it done like that's exactly what they go through in the first film even with the fact that michelle williams is getting venom into her as well Exactly the same thing happens in this film. She gets Venom into her to give to Tom Hardy. First film and this film, exactly the same. But then, there's a part near the end, when they're in this cathedral fighting, the bell tower goes off. That's exactly like what happens in Spider-Man 3. So, I kind of like that callback, and it kind of makes sense. But part of me thinks the only reason there was a wedding was so they could go into a cathedral, was so they could get the massive bell. F*** man. And then the bit when Michelle Williams is about to fall, and Venom is like kind of grabbing onto her and not letting her fall, it looks like a shot-for-shot -shot remake of what happens in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, spoiler alert for that film, when Gwen Stacy, R.I.P., sadly dies, which is actually a very, very sad moment, very sad emotional scene. I thought they were doing this too. I thought they were going for exactly the same thing in this film, and they don't. <laughs> it, just, it just ends, like, they cut it off completely. I thought they could. It probably would have made it better, but at the same time, it would have made me think, why are you just copying what they did before in another Spider-Man universe film? Like, what the hell is this universe anyway? Is it in the MCU? Is it not? I'll get onto that, because the post credit scene, ooh, interesting. I'm kind of intrigued by that, I will admit. But either way, why are you just copying things from other Spider-Man or Venom-related films, when you could be doing so much more and so much more unique stuff, better stuff even? Christ, man, come off it already. I mean... So the bit when Michelle Williams is about to fall, and she just gets lowered down really slowly, and the, the music, like, fades in slightly, as if it's trying to be this really soft, emotional, orchestral moment. And then it just stops. It just completely stops, and it just goes back to the action. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why it changes tones halfway through every single scene in this goddamn film. Literally every single scene starts one way, ends another. People will say that's different. People will say that's a genre-bending masterpiece. It's not. It's a complete kerfuffle and a mess. 
It's just like, oh my god, pick one thing and just stick to it. Like, go down a hard route, whether it's going to be action, whether it's going to be emotion. You can easily balance emotion and tension very well. Like, so many other films do it extremely well. This does not. This does not do anything well. There's no tension. There's no stakes. You don't really feel like any character is in actual danger. You don't feel like any character is about to die. Even when they're about to be... Well, that's the thing. Even when... (laughs) Even when a bad guy is being lifted up by Carnage, about to be eaten, like, Carnage has his mouth open wide, ready to bite this guy's head off, you still don't feel like that guy's in any danger, and he's not, because he doesn't get eaten. So I'm like, what? What is this film? What are they doing? Why are they butchering these characters so badly? They can't keep getting away with this, as Jesse Pinkman would say. Or as the Godfather would say, look how they massacred my boy. Like, come on, they keep butchering Venom. Why does it keep going so wrong? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Oh my god, and then Carnage. I mean, let's talk a little bit about Carnage before I wrap this up, because I'm honestly going to just jump off a bridge in a minute, because I just can't deal with this film. Carnage, I kind of like the design. I think the redness and the... Yeah, the redness. (laughs) That's it. The redness is fine. The redness is cool. But, uh... Yeah, yeah, he's got some weird stick things poking out of his chest and back and body and whatnot, and I don't know what the hell they are, never explained, never expanded on why he looks the way he does, or why he is the way that he is, so, yeah, why is he red? Why is he only red even? Because, I mean, if he's Venom's child, why the hell is he red? Like, honestly, that's never explained, like, I know that the blood and whatnot, but, uh, plot hole much? I honestly don't know why he's red, like, I know the comics would explain, but I just don't care about that right now when I'm watching the film that should explain why the hell he's red. Ugh. So yeah, Carnage is uh, fine. Woody Harrelson is bad. His hair is bad. His voice is bad. His acting is bad. Everything is bad. The accents are f***ing awful. Stephen Graham's doing an American accent that changes every single scene as well. He goes from Boston to New York sounding, then back to British sounding then back to Boston, then Italian-American. It's just like, what the hell are you doing? Like, he's a great actor. He's such a good actor. Stephen Graham has had two of the best performances of his entire career this year with help and with time. I think that's massively ironic because I need help and I need time to think about what the hell he does in this film. And then is he going to turn into another hero at the end? Like, what the hell is going on? A monster, even? His eyes go funny? Like, uh, what the hell is going on? He's obviously going to be back, so Venom 3? Hey, can't wait for that. Should be terrific. Should be brilliant. God, no. I mean, okay. Elephant in the Room, the post-credit sequence. Now, before I talk about the post-credit sequence, do not stay till the very end of this film like I did, because I thought there were two post-credit sequences. I was wrong. There's only one. So as soon as the credits start to roll after the main post-credit sequence, just leave. Just walk out and leave, and don't think about it any more than you have to. Just leave, because, um, yeah, there's nothing at the end, but, 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 this post-credit sequence, it's, um, it's interesting, okay, I do like it, I think it's exciting, because, well, I mean, I'm just gonna jump right into it, Spider-Man turns up, sorta, you know, Tom Holland Spider-Man, like, what? I mean, it looks as though what happens in this scene is Venom, well, for some reason, Venom and Eddie Brock are on vacation, on a beach in probably Hawaii somewhere, and so they're in this room, and they get transported to what I believe is another universe, so this is when the multiverse comes true, and I'm guessing this is going to take place 
around the same time as No Way Home. So, I mean, imagine if Venom actually turns up in that film. Nah, he won't, he won't. But maybe a post-credit sequence, maybe. But the thing is, it does look like what similarly happens in the Into the Spider-Verse movie. So it's like a flash of light. I'm trying to remember it. It's like a, a massive ball of light that expands and it's exactly what happens. If you've seen the trailer for No Way Home, you'll know when Doctor Strange does that spell to whatever, to help Peter Parker, that kind of like action, the expanding and the... Well, it's like a globe. Oh, that's what it is. It's like a globe. It's like the Earth expanding and exploding. That's kind of the multiverses colliding. So now, that's what happens in this film, and it looks as though he's been transported to a different universe, the universe in which Spider-Man is Tom Holland, and he's in the MCU now, and now he's going to go after Spider-Man. Either way, interesting, I like the way that's going, because what this franchise, and what Venom desperately needs, is to go off against Spider-Man, because this is two films in a row now, where he's just been facing off against just a CGI mess. Just another symbiote that we don't really care for. We're just introduced to right at the last minute. He doesn't even turn up until quite late on anyway. So we need a Spider-Man. We need Spider-Man to face off against Venom and hopefully do it justice because the closest they came to it was in Spider-Man 3. So honestly, I'm hopeful that with Tom Holland Spider-Man against Tom Hardy... God, there's too many Toms and H's. Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hardy, Tom Holland. Are you kidding me? God, so hopefully with these two colliding now, I'm optimistic. I shouldn't be optimistic. I'm never going to be optimistic about a Venom film. Never in my life will I be ever optimistic about a Venom film. Never. So, yeah, I'm just cautiously hopeful that we see in the near future either Venom 3 or if a very, 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 very small possibility, very small that Venom is going to be in Spider-Man 3 in December. Maybe that's why they needed to get this movie out prior to that, because there's going to be some sort of reference, and nah, nah, I don't buy it, don't buy it. Anyway, yeah, I'm interested to see where that's going to go. So the post credit sequence is fine, but then it just goes back to being really stupid and ridiculous when the random guy who's not wearing a top just comes into the room and he's like, why are you in my room? And Venom's just on the floor, like, what the hell is going on with this film? But it just so many of these scenes that could be cool, that start off quite promising. The bit when Cletus becomes Carnage, it starts off pretty damn good. There's quite a strong horror aesthetic going on there. There's a little bit of a jump scare, to be fair. It was quite good. And the, the loudness of the cinema helped, you know, the booming of it all. And seeing this character just cause mayhem and just run rampage in the prison, like, it's kind of cool. It's kind of pretty good, but... Then it just dies, then it just goes off the rails completely, and it's just rubbish, and the character is wasted, and like I said, he just appears in one scene to another, just completely random places, with no general sense of how he got from one place to the other. It's just like, there's nothing. If you expanded this movie by 20 minutes, you could have just a little scene where he's driving his car to the next place, where he's saying, this is where I'm going to go next. Don't just have him jump from the Ravencroft facility, which looks very, very similar to the orphanage that they grew up in together, him and Shriek. So when they escape the Ravencroft place, the next, the very next scene that you see them in, they're burning down a massive building that I thought was Ravencroft, but Stephen Graham was just in Ravencroft. And so then you realise, okay, so it must be the orphanage, but you're like, how did they get there? What the hell? 
hell? It makes no sense. And I mean, Shriek and Carnage, they're just not a good match. They're really not. There's no chemistry between them. And the fact that Carnage and Venom, all these symbiotes, their weaknesses are like really high-pitched sounds. What does Shriek do? The only thing Shriek does, besides look like a blinded, dreadlocked Snoop Dogg, is Shriek. Like, literally create this high-pitched sound, similar to Black Canary in the DC Universe. So, you've got her doing that thing, Carnage being vulnerable to that. Why are they together? Why? 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 Well, come on, man. That's not good writing. Just have a different character. <laughs> just... Just change it up. Just change it up, please. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I really don't. Did I mention about the father-son dynamic a little bit? But, yeah, they're in the cathedral. He just keeps calling him father. And then, of course, the father that's giving the sermon at the wedding, he's like, what? Why are you talking to me? And then Carnage is like, no, not you, father. That father. He's my father. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what on earth is going on? What the hell? Are they talking about why is Carnage calling Venom his father? Why, why just why is anything a thing in this film? I, I don't know. My brain is just dead. My heart is crushed. Everything just hurts. Honestly, I think that's me done. I can't think of anything else I want to talk about with this film. I mean, a lot of stuff happens, but actually, no, not a lot else happens. To be fair, but the first forty minutes of this film is just completely boring and wasted. And, a couple of funny moments here and there, like a couple of chuckles that got out of me because it was just so stupid, it was quite funny. But everything else, when it was trying to be funny, it just wasn't. When it was trying to be this high-octane thrill ride, it just wasn't. Like, this film tries so hard to be something that it desperately fails at. So, ultimately, Venom Let There Be Carnage, complete and utter shambolic waste of space, waste of time, waste of energy, waste of material, waste of good talent... Just waste of everything, waste of everything, so my advice, don't watch it, um, watch the first film again if you want to, get drunk, watch the first film, it's a very fun time, I cannot say the same for this film, I do not think drink will help, I don't think any drug imaginable would help either, so yeah, Venom Let There Be Carnage, um, this film is carnage, this film is an absolute wreck, and even though I'm excited for a multiversal crossover with Spider-Man, I just don't, don't care. Don't care for the character anymore. I love Venom. I love the character of Venom. I love Tom Hardy. I just do not care for this character in the slightest. There's ambulance. There's so many ambulances. This is the great thing about recording reviews here. There's just ambulances every five minutes. Jeez. So, yeah, I'm intrigued as to whether... Is Venom going to turn up after? Is Spider-Man going to turn up in a Venom 3? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Either way, this is the start of the crossover, I guess. Hopefully. But, um... Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with this film. I'm done with this character, with this franchise. Just end it. I just end it, please. If you enjoyed this film, I um I kind of commend you, but I also think you should seek therapy, or maybe I should. I don't know. Either way, Venom Let There Be Carnage. It's a complete and utter burning trash heap mess. So I did not enjoy it. In case you didn't know that by now, I did not enjoy it. Sorry I had to break it to you, but it's the, it's the worst film of the year. Hands down, the worst film of the year. Probably one of the worst films I've ever watched in my entire life. And I've watched a lot of films, but this is just one of the worst. I think this is a big statement here. This is a very, very big statement here. I think I would rather watch Cats again. Simply because 
with cats, you know it's going to be bad. You know it's going to be this absolute horror of an experience. But with Venom, you're expecting fun things. You're expecting pretty good things. You're not getting it. You're really not getting it with this film at all. So, yeah, I would rather watch Cats. There, I said it. I would rather watch Cats than Venom 2 again. But uh, chances are I'm very hypocritical and I'm going to watch it again. I'm not going to update this review. I'm done with it. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. So, yeah, that's me done. I'm just fed up. I'm depressed. I'm extremely angry, but I'm also just dying inside with laughter about how bad this film actually is. I cannot believe, I genuinely can't believe it was as bad as this. I thought it'd be bad. I was optimistic, but I did think it would be bad. I didn't expect it to be this bad, because this is a wreck. Absolute dumpster fire. So I've been caring. Actually, no, Jungle Cruise. I would rather watch Jungle Cruise again. I would rather watch Jungle Cruise again. So, yeah. I've been Kieran, and I'll speak to you whenever that is in the next episode of You Can't Handle, and please don't watch this film, The Truth.